It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. Sean, it's Friday. It's Q&A. It is Friday. <laughs> We've got some great questions, um, but one of the first ones is very pop culture material. It, it is. Okay. So everyone's talking about it. It's the Barbie movie. So Oscar nominations have come out. Ryan Gosling gets a nomination. Who's Ken? who plays Ken. He's right. enough, obviously, to get an Oscar <laughs> nomination. Uh, America Ferreira gets one. But Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, the director, so Margot Robbie, the, the, the lead actress who plays Barbie, and Greta Gerwig, the director, a female director. Uh, and this movie made like over a billion dollars. I mean, like I'm not exaggerating. It made over a billion dollars. But it didn't get the Oscar nod for Best Director or Best Actress. And now fans and even the other actors who did get um, nods are saying this is sexist and it's kind of you know gone viral in 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 a big way and people are going why did how could this happen how could they get this stuff and of course you know the defense of you know those who are saying it should it, it should have gotten one is well Obviously, it's such a groundbreaking. It's Barbie. It's that the message was so feminist and so woke, and it was pushing boundaries. And and there was a female director, and so somehow they think that it make, makes it Oscar worthy. And I guess the Oscar people were saying, uh, no, not well, yet. So, stand down. So let's be clear. I, I did not see the movie, but I did. Our resources went to the movie because you and the girls and Avita. I helped. I did help make it a billion the boys, dollars. The boys did not go, so I, I didn't see it. The first, um, so if you didn't see it, the first part was very good. It was very fun. It's it's not Casablanca. It's not, um, you know, The Godfather. It's not Schindler's List. It's not Braveheart. It's not Gladiator. All mm. movies that you could say were, you amazing. know. Amazing. Uh, but it, it, it was fun. And then it took a dark turn and it turned into this woke mess. And, you know, in the end, Barbie doesn't end up marrying Ken because, you know, she has to realize herself and that would be given into the patriarchy. And, and it, you know, it just took this weird turn and America Ferrera gets this, you know, Oscar for giving this super annoying, like, you know, speech at the end of the movie about how hard it is to be a girl and, um, you know, whatever. They still got that one, but they're mad about the other stuff. Yeah, and I think what happens today is you have, um, victim culture, right? So if you didn't get an award, if you didn't get the job, if you didn't get the promotion, it has to come back to race or sex or sexuality. Instead of going, you know what? Maybe they were better actors. Maybe they were better movies. Maybe they were better directors. Um, and what happens when, when these kind of complaints get so much attention is then the Academy themselves, and they're already all woke, but then they have to think about, now, what do I th who did the best job? Who was the most creative actor? Who who had the best movie? They have to think about other factors. Like what are the, what's the public going to say if we don't have, you know, 
a woman director win the award or at least be nominated for well there is actually this is what's so interesting and, and it impacts sean decision making there is a woman uh, i don't even know her name but there's another woman who was nominated for best director I, I don't even know the movie or the name but she is but if you look at the number of directors in in the industry who are female this is an overrepresentation, um, just just based on statistics, right? right? Um, Marco Robbie didn't get the didn't get nominated for female actress, but all the other people in the category are women too. So right. it's not really sexist. She just didn't get nominated. Um, the funniest part about all this has been that Hillary Clinton has weighed in, and and so she got on Instagram because you know she's so hip and. She's, Social media savvy, right? I was trying to pull the same, pull it up right now to read it as well. So here's what she said. She says, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than enough. Um, Hashtag Hillary Barbie. Hillary Barbie. So, uh, you know, she claims she won the popular vote. So this is just the play on that. I won the popular vote, but I didn't win the electoral. She feels like she got robbed. Remember, Sean, she claimed that after she lost, she, you know, took long, she, she drank Chardonnay and took long walks in the woods. But it looks like she's still drowning in her Chardonnay. It looks like she's still taking, you know, long walks in the woods. She's still blaming deplorables. She's still a sore loser just based on this Instagram. Well, post. Was, was, let, let me just say that uh, Barbie, is it the Academy? Is this the, is this, this is the Oscars we're talking about? Of course. So I don't give a damn. I really I like they're, they're so leftist. I don't care. I think a lot of conservatives don't really care anymore uh, because they don't really make good movies anymore. So I just want to lodge that complaint. But with regard to Hillary Clinton, um, if, if you can't handle losing, don't get in the ring. Right. If you're going to run for politics, if you're going to be involved in sports, the consequence of that is you will lose sometimes. And sometimes you even in pro football, you might go or any kind of football, you might go, well, the refs weren't fair. The calls weren't right. That happens and accept it and move on. But she is holding on to 2016 like iron gripped as the country has moved past her and her ideas and her politics, you know, in, in Bill Clinton's visits to, you know, Pedo Island, we've gone on and she's holding on so tight. And again, trying to make herself relevant by yeah. going, me too. I was also. I was also. I'm, I'm Barbie too. Yes. <laughs> the opposite. Like she she's the like the furthest thing from Barbie. The, Pantsuit, very, you know, androgynous Barbie. Okay, so I guess the bottom line, learn to lose gracefully. Don't, if you're Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, please don't take a page from how to lose from her. She no. does not know how to lose gracefully. She's still bitter. Lose with grace. That's, that's really good advice. Yeah, lose with win, grace. Win with grace and lose with grace. And, and by the way, kind of lame of, you know, Ryan Gosling and, and America Ferrara to like kind of shame the, the Oscars. And, and here's another thing about the Oscars. But if you didn't shame the Oscars, then... He would also be on the receiving end. Yeah, he knows. Uh, the hell? Oh, yeah, no, he knows. Ken knows. Ken. He's got to play the Barbie game. Ken the, didn't just play in the movie. He watched the movie, and he's like, oh, yeah, he no, I He took in all the, <laughs> all the girl power feminist um, theory that came with, with, with the movie. No uh, the, the Oscars already, Sean, you can't win uh, a, an Oscar. Like, a movie has to have a certain... They already implemented, I think it was a year or two ago, they implemented, you know, you have to have a certain number of minorities and diversity things. So the whole thing's already not about merit. Um, so in some ways... Um, I don't... Listen, I... I'm done. Again, can, I, can I bring up... A, uh, you, know what, I, you know what ruined the Oscars for me? It wasn't all this stuff. 
I, I really only loved the Oscars when Joan Rivers was doing the red, red carpet, carpet and she would make fun of she would like interview people and then as they leave she'd be like oh my god that dress is so ugly you know she, she was just so great she was such an equal opportunity offender. you know comedian and offender exactly um I've, i it's never been the same for me since she left and i also loved her after the oscar she would on, on e-television she had this like post show where they would break down all the looks and who did it right and who was awful and and who looked terrible and it was just so much fun and and you know what that show wouldn't go anymore because you're not allowed to make fun of people. If you make fun of somebody who's the wrong color, the wrong sex, just sort of like the trendy, whatever it of the of the moment, she would have been canceled. She would. She could she not well survive could've. in this culture. But she was Joan Rivers. She, she, she may not have been canceled. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with our next. We're going to talk about some relationship stuff because we've been getting a lot of relationship questions. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back. To but that. after this. Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. All right, welcome back to The Kitchen Table. Uh, we're going into relationships. Where are we going, Rachel, with relationships? What's our q Okay, I'm trying to find, what, 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 what? I was asking, what's our, what's, what is the, the relationship question of Okay, I have this? a lot of them, so I'm trying to figure out which one to do. Okay, so here's one. What is the trait you like about me the most? And what is the trait you like about yourself the most? I love how I get the question first. What do I love? And I'm going to have to think off the top of my head. What do I love the most about you? I am too. Um, so so Rachel um, is a very fun person normally. Um, <laughs> she's, she's up for anything. You see her laugh all the time, which is really fantastic. Um, and that's that, that's that's uh, a great personality to be around, but also um, I, I I love how focused and we've had a debate on a family issue that you and I've gone through, um, and the focus on family and making the right decisions for our family I love about you. The the thing that annoys me the most right now at this moment in my life about Rachel is that she'll... I didn't ask that question, oh, but was, we can. Was, but go ahead. Was, uh, <laughs> it was what trait do you like the most about me, and, and what, what trait like, do you like oh, about yourself? Oh, no, no, no. But now I want to hear what you. What, no, now I want to hear what annoys you the most. Well, so Rachel will. If I get annoyed at something, she'll say, "You're always crabby. You're always moody." And so I've had to point out the times that she gets crabby or annoyed. I'm like, "You're so moody. You're so moody." And I'm like. <laughs> You have a justifiable right to be annoyed about something. It doesn't mean that you're moody, but she keeps trying to classify me as moody. And that's not true. Fair I enough. couldn't be more lovable. Um, Is that your favorite trait? How lovable you are? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's, I've answered both questions. I'm You've answered both. How lovable. No, seriously, what is your favorite trait that you have about yourself? 
Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I have so many good ones. I can't pick one. How do I do that? <laughs> I don't know. Um, clearly not humility. Humility. No, uh, I don't know. Okay. Don't know. You go. All right. Um, the trait that I love the most about Sean is actually that he's really easygoing. For the most part. Um, he's a pretty easygoing guy. I think he's, um, you grew up in a big family. Um, Sean is the 10th of 11 siblings. It's really an unusual amount of siblings. And when you have that many siblings, there's obviously a lot of conflict and different people learn different skill sets from being in it. And I feel like Sean is a unifier. He's a peacemaker and he generally tries to take the, you know, the, the high road and bringing people together. And I also think that that trait really helped you in Congress. Um, one of the things that I, really loved about being a political spouse and having the opportunity to occasionally go to Capitol Hill and sort of, I would kind of follow you around for the day and, and get to meet everybody. And, you know, it was just, it was so interesting to get out of our home life and see you in that life. And wherever we went, it didn't matter if it was the Capitol Police guys, uh, Democrats on your committee, uh, the interns who are working, everyone really loved you and had a very good encounter with you and always felt like you were very friendly and kind. And um, you got along with everybody. I mean, you were friends with Maxine Waters. You were friends with almost everybody on the Black Caucus who really diametrically was opposed to so many of your um, your political um, ideas. And yet they would all say he's a great guy. And so I really I really love that about you. Can I say it was just always so wonderful. I, I always I talk about this. I've talked about this before, but. When, when I would be back home and we'd be watching TV, you know, and be on in the kitchen while I'm making breakfast for the kids and Sean was back home and Fox News would, you know, come in with the news and they'd always show a, a dome, of the Capitol Dome, which, you know, I'm in love with the Capitol Dome. I think it's one of the most beautiful buildings. And our kids would say, look, it's daddy's office. And, you know, <laughs> that, did. you know, there are so many hard times when you were in Congress, but the honor um, and just how blessed we were that, that you were part of that. That it's, it's an amazing honor to serve. It, it, it really is. Yeah. And by the way, it, it is family service. Um, even on the, all, these, all these candidates, we can we, we can give a political opinion about them and their positions, but all of them, the amount of effort it takes, and it's a full family endeavor. Um, it's it's real, and I commend all of them for for actually raising their hand and, and running and being part of the system. And, and well, the now that we're out of politics, it's easier to say this. When you were in, it almost felt like you weren't allowed to say how hard it was because obviously there were people in your district who you know were you know had had really tough jobs and maybe had three jobs and and everyone's struggling in all their different ways, but. When your husband is, when especially when you have as many kids as we had, and we kept having kids, we had so many kids, and Sean was gone for so many days, and he had to miss a lot of things, and it was so hard and heartbreaking many times. And it was an honor, but it was hard. But I can say this now that we're out. It's tough, and people who serve make massive sacrifices that people don't see. There's a, a perception that there's something glamorous about it, and it is not a glamorous job. Now, you do get moments like... You know, you get to, you know, I, I've gone to the State of the Union address or, you know, I've going to when you were being sworn in or, you know, just even getting our, our kids 
got to grow up walking the halls of Congress and and learning things about our history in an up close way that that other kids maybe didn't and 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 that was wonderful and all blessings but boy are there tough times when you run for office. And you saw in your family, military service is also hard. Your father That's could right. be gone for a year. So I'm, I'm not- My dad was gone for a year. Not that I'm comparing, you don't compare it to that because they're, they're very different things, but it is challenging and you're you're on all the time. And especially in a hard district. You're under a spotlight too. Like my mom had to, I, I, I could relate when you were gone a lot. You know, I could remember how many times my dad was on TDY, and including this time that he was gone for almost a year. And it was so hard on my mom. I, I only understood that, I think, really was able to grapple with it when I was older. But my mom also wasn't under a, under a media spotlight. And, you know, we as kids, you know, weren't getting that extra scrutiny that political kids get, yeah. you know, it, so, it, so I'm not your, complaining. I'm just no, saying it it's it hard. Wonderful, it was a wonderful, it was experience. wonderful experience. So what's your favorite thing about yourself? I think my best trait is I don't hold a grudge. Like I get real, I, I, I go hot, I get hot and I get mad and you'll know I'm mad. And I mm. kind of like, and that's just kind of that Latin side. And then it just kind of goes and I don't hold on to a grudge. You, on the other hand, are Irish American and Irish are a little bit of brooders um, <laughs> and they hold grudges. I was always really surprised when I came to your family of like, you know, people's grudges. I mean, we fight a lot more in my family, but then it, it you let it go and you just kind of move on in your family. Not as many fights, but they go, the fights go on for longer and people maybe give each other the silent treatment for sometimes years. I just, that was just so bizarre to me. I couldn't understand it. So it's just, there's a, I think some of it's cultural, um, yeah. as well as my own personality. And also, I would also another positive trait is you are very forgiving. So it goes hand yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that's the whole yeah. thing. Forgiving, don't hold grudges. I, I kind of, I, I kind of get, get over right, it. Right. You burn hot and then you're like, yeah. okay, I'll, I will, like, ah! I'll offer a lot of forgiveness. I scream and I get it out. But I think that's some of the, you know, that's one of the nice things about being, you know, Latin, whether you're Italian or South American or Spanish or Cuban. It's like you, 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 you vocalize. And I think that process of getting it out and just talking about it, I'm so mad about this. I can't believe it. And then it's just gone. Can I, so this, one of the things that I think I, I do well is I'm very simple. I'm not as You're a man of simple pleasures. And I think that maybe just true. men are more simple. Women are more complex, but like, Mm, I could like I, I could eat the same thing every single day. I have. Right, certain, I always say you would be a great prisoner. I would be. I have certain needs that I'm like I put them on the table. This is <laughs> and then you know if you satisfy his needs, he's fine. I'm, ba I'm a basic, simple man. Yeah. You're a little more complex, um, and I have to. Well, have and to also, unpack, and I have to be. I'm 50. I'm perimenopausal. Oh, you are not. And I know he's in denial about this, but that, that I actually want to do a, I want to do a podcast on, okay. on coming into, I'm not menopausal yet, but I am perimenopausal by, by definition, I'm 52 years old. John's in denial, but like a lot, there are a lot of changes and you're right. Women are a lot more complex. There's a lot more hormonal at, you're changes. You're complex at 25 and 35 and 45. Do you and think I'm more difficult and complex I, now than I, I was think back I, then? I think women are more complex. I think that women, um, this, some weird things happen. And I think, and they're not weird. So there's a, women, a woman brain, a woman yeah. emotion, um, that there's a lot Especially more Especially a mom brain. There's a lot more complexity to that. And I do think men are simpler beings emotionally. And again, they might... You might go like 
again, I might like to I watch football on, on, on Sunday. Like that's what I do. And like, I let me do that. And you have the whole rest of the day or, mm. um, again, women get a little more, um, it's it, the complexity also breeds difficulty. Um, mm-hmm. but you're worth it. Thank you. All in all, you're worth it. Okay. This is kind of related. How do you handle conflict in your relationship? Um, so you know what, frankly, I, um, you're better at this, uh, because you will address it head on and I will kind of stew a little bit and I'll maybe oh, that's behave. the Irish stewing. I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe act out a little more. You'll know I'm angry about it, but I won't go. I'm, I won't go to you. Like I'm so ticked off about this. Um, but I, so I'll be like, we got to talk. <laughs> I, I, we got to talk. I am so mad. We may have a different opinion. <laughs> I feel like I usually, I can be mad at something and you'll be like, no, I, you shouldn't be mad at that. And I didn't do this and you did that. And in the end I'd be like, okay, whatever. It's not worth, it's not worth continuing this fight. Even though I was just, when I was angry, hold on, let me finish. I, I, was, I was justified <laughs> in my anger. At some point you'll fight me through it and I'll be like, whatever, mm. fine. When you're angry, you're always justifiably anger, a- angry, right? Mm. But there's sometimes, and it probably happens about 8% of the time, I'm like, damn it, I'm going to stick this one out and I'm not going to yeah, go. There's a, I just a right. couple hills he'll die on. And I'll die on, I'll die and on he'll the die hill. On, and, and, and when he gets to those hills, I just go, I'm not going to win this. You're not going to, because usually, go, okay, usually I cave. I'm a caver. I, in, in this marriage, true, I cave. It's true, it's true. And even when I'm justifiably angry, I'll, he... I'll be like, whatever. But then the few, I'm like, hell no, I'm not, you're not right on this one. And then it takes you a little while. And you're like, okay, fine. We'll come around. You know, one of the things <laughs> I'm super grateful about you, Sean, is there are some, no, but there, it just reminded me of this. There are some men, I've met women, friends of mine, whose husbands have a lot of opinions about how the house should be. Like they literally have decorating opinions or they like have a deer head that they insist has to be up on the wall (laughs) or they there's just stuff like i have got to have you know this kind of what i don't know i gotta have a lazy boy i I mean i would die if you were somebody who said i have to have a lazy boy i think it would be grounds for divorce like i don't think i could live i mean i would maybe i would let you put one in the garage (laughs) and you can go sit in your lazy boy out there but let me finish because i got a question let me just finish i'm so grateful because I really care about my space. Like I'm super physically affected by how beautiful the space I live in. And even when we didn't have money, I worked really hard to make it as nice as I could. And as I've gotten more money, I've done more. And I, I just love that part of my life. I love waking up to something that looks beautiful in the morning. I love going to bed and turning out the lights and looking at like how everything's in place and that it's actually beautiful. And I don't have some like really ugly thing that you insisted I had to have in the room. And so I just love that you've just given that space to me. Okay. So and I appreciate that. And actually, I think you like the way I decorate. I do like it. And the only, my, I don't, my I don't, sense of style I don't, I, I've never cared about what you put in. I've always cared about how much it costs that you put in. We had no money in, or either way, anytime at the start of our marriage or not, I'm like, how much is this? Like, what's the damage of what you're doing is what I care about. Not, but, not the content of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but, I do so, appreciate that. I mean, so, I can have a debate about like, can we afford it or not? So I don't want to debate a lazy boy or something no. ugly that I'm you insist back to, on me I'm having I want to come back to the lazy boy in a second. Cause I have a question about that. But, okay. um, so w- w- Rachel wants, when she goes to bed, she wants to make sure the house 
sparkles. So we have to. Because I I don't want to wake I want to wake up happy. She doesn't go to bed dusting, but almost dusting the house. I don't know. I don't.、Home. I just straighten it up. And you want the dishes all have to be done. The the sink well, has、I、to be clean. I hate dishes and, in the sink when I wake up. And so、morning. on the、oh. on the weekends, Rachel、Ooh. has to go to bed early, so she's not there when we go to bed. And、yeah. I'll do like a, a Sean pickup, and rarely is a Sean pickup a Rachel pickup.、Um, and you wake up in the morning, and frankly, if it's not done before you go out the door at three in the morning, sometimes you'll do the dishes or you'll because I can go to bed with some、Couple、dishes in the sink. Couple times I've had to do that. Like,、Arr. I can take care of them. I'm like, that's fine. It's fine. We'll do them in the morning. And you're like, no, I like them done right away. Can I ask you a question? Yes. About Lazy Boys, it's now. It seems to me like Pete. And Will are guys that would have lazy boys in their house. You've been in their houses. Do they have lazy boys in their house? No, no, no they don't. No, they don't. Their wives have put the the. No, their, their wives have, have put it together. <laughs> I would say though, what they do have that you don't have is they both have, and and, and this is sort of a weather thing because they live in Dallas. It's something I think you would actually like to have.、Um, uh, the outside space. They have outside spaces、oh. with huge television screens. So they will go outside to watch their game, which I actually like that idea. I mean, you could just be outside watching your game, and I could put on Bravo in the kitchen and do my thing. So we stopped by、uh, Pete's house、uh, in Nashville, and what he did—that was the one thing. Like he did a he lot. He has a beautiful the, pool area, and he what, has an outside, his, outside area. I actually mentioned to him even after, like, the, what he's done yeah, by the way, outside. Sean has been、furniture. to Pete's house, but Pete wasn't home. We just stopped in and kind of checked was, out his house. Now, as he mentioned on Sunday, he's like, "Go to church." Well, he who's at church? He, he was, was at his, church. He couldn't get out. And in we、time. were we were there to do something else, and then Our, we were going to see him. We were going to hit traffic going to the airport, so like we. And then I just said, "You know what, Pete? Can I just stop in just to see the house?" And he was like, "Yeah, doors open, go on." Beautiful, but I love、so. the, the outside of his house. Is yeah, like, Jen did. No, Jen did. A,、uh, his wife did a great job. Their house is beautiful, well decorated.、Yeah. It's not super manly though. I mean, it's definitely. Have, but, but that space, they have that sort of like their version of a den, of a guy's den. And 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 Will has the man, same thing in、so、his outside.、It. And I've we we got a little a little spot outside. I'm like, maybe we should redo this. You're like, no, you're fine. We're good. <laughs> so this question, Sean, is interesting because I'm going to ask the question. But we actually were talking about this the other day. The question is, what was your favorite time of life? And we talked、mm. about this the other day, and we actually feel guilty saying it, but I would say one of the most magical times that we had was during COVID. Um, there was the summer of COVID. It was the summer of 2020. Everything had shut down.、Um, it was kind of miserable everywhere. Fox basically didn't use us. At, at, you were at CNN at the time. They weren't using you. I was a contributor at Fox. They didn't need me. They were basically. It was the riots were on, so they were using experts in law enforcement and that sort of thing. And COVID was happening, so my friend Nicole Sapphire was on all the time,、right. and Dr. Siegel. And so they didn't need me at all I, to, to the point where I, I actually at one point called and I said, "You were a contributor. You were not." I was a contributor.、Press. I wasn't a weekend host. And I was like, "Is everything okay?" They're like, "Yeah, you're fine. Enjoy your summer. We, we don't need you right now. We'll call you if we need you." And I had a studio. In my house, but also at my cabin. So since we were getting getting used, it was a beautiful summer. We didn't want to be in Wausau because if you had to go to the grocery stores, a lot of like you know face masks. You and I hated face masks. We didn't want to be around. Anyway, we went to our cabin. We spent the entire summer there. We had all of our kids there. We invited my sister and her kids down. My brother from Dubai came, and his kids came down, and it was. The greatest summer, and your and Sean's whole family lives in Hayward, 
So we just spent an entire summer on the lake, not working because our employers didn't need us. Well, I, so I, was, I was still I had some conference calls. You had a few things, but better. not I, much. I'd, I'd be out on the lake pulling kids skiing. And then I'd be like, oh, God, I gotta, I've got to go in. I go in and do a phone call you know, for 45 minutes or an hour and I get back out on the lake. And I, it's, it's, it. You, you, you prefaced it with it's, it's, in, it's, it's somewhat difficult to say because I know. Yeah, because like, I know COVID, people were suffering. COVID was hard. But there for was a lot, a lot of, people. of people who had similar experiences. Where I, I, I know a lot of people who said, you know what, we had to get out of the city. We rented a place somewhere, and we went there, and we just stayed there because you know my husband's office was shut down, and he so, could work from home. So we, again, we have, we have a. I mean, our place is small, small on the lake. Tiny. I can't explain but, how small it is. But we had just built. A garage like think think of a, like those tiny home series that you see. It's a t it's like a tiny home. Because it's twenty by twenty. It's twenty right? by it's, twenty, but it goes up. It, it's two and a half stories, right? But it's small. We got we got a big family. But and then had, we have a garage, we and we just, built a little bunkhouse over the garage. It's with, truly with, a bunkhouse. Bunk, there's no kitchen. There's no. It's like it's bunk beds and a stove up there. And then downstairs, where the garage is, there's a bathroom. There's a bathroom down there. And there's right. a bathroom in the in the little tiny house as well. So there's only two bathrooms. There's I an think, outdoor shower. I think we had twenty two people that came at one time and um i think i spent more money on gas in the boat but they those kids had more fun we had more fun we had more family oh, time so much fun and the summer was beautiful that was really that was a really enjoyable that was a really enjoyable time um because it was like there was not you realize when everything stops like just to be able to just spend time with each other and and be out in nature and there was no, I mean, we were just, it was so free and we had so much time with each other. I, 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 to me, that was a magical summer. I could just see, you know, my sister and I just sitting up on the balcony of the tiny house of our little cabin and just sitting there and talking and watching the kids out on the boat or jet skiing and just nothing to do. But I think it says something about, again, it was a reminder for a lot of families. And by the way, for, for a lot of families, it was wonderful. And for some families, um, it ended in a, a breakup of the family because, you know, they, they were together because they could be separated. When they were all forced together, it was very challenging. Yeah, there was but, high divorce rate. But I do think it's, it says something about America and it's, it's good and bad. We work really hard. Americans work hard. Yeah. And our time gets driven into all these different things. And when you were forced to stop and you're forced to spend time together, I think it was a reminder of, for most people, how great my family is and how much I enjoy spending time with them. And um, I, I mean, again, I think it's not great for, for the American economy always, but there's some people who go like, I want to be able to work from home. And that can be bad. And, you know, we talked about this, like, you know, 27 year old, you know, adult women and men in their apartments all day long, you know, working and then, you know, watching Netflix and not doing anything with their lives. But for other people who have a family that are able to actually go, I can work from home and I can. Well, I, there were a lot I, of I women who came home and said, you know what, I'm done. I'm not going back. I, I, I'm not going back. I, I'll take less money. We'll manage to live on one salary, but I want to be with my kids. And I think it forced people to live in a different way. And I think living in a different way made some people go, you know what, I can't wait to get back to the office. And it made a lot of other people go, I don't want to go back to the office. And I think the idea of everyone just sort of having that universal moment of rethinking our lives and what was going on. And, th and so many things were shifting this summer of love was going on and cities were burning. And again, I am not undermining what small businesses went oh, through that, really at that not. time. I mean, they suffered so much and we saw this giant transfer of wealth from small businesses 
to giant businesses. I look at myself, Sean, prior to the summer of 2020, I never really used Amazon. I never used Amazon. Even though I lived in rural America, you would think that would be a place where you would, you know, you don't, you don't have a lot of as many stores and as many options. I still went to the stores that, that were there and I, you know, I ordered a, f- you know, a few things here and there, but I never used Amazon. I'm like addicted to Amazon and the, the COVID period got me addicted to Amazon. And because I use Amazon, I don't like to go to the stores anymore. Um, there are small business owners that suffer from that, you know, and, no and they have felt the effects of that. So anyway, I thought it's, that was, it's, it it's, was an it's, interesting it's, question because we had actually talked about how magical that summer was for us, can I one, how guilty we feel about it. I don't know. So just to, but I'm going to finish off this with two exciting times in my life when for three, so I won the 90 foot professional speed climb, which was a, a great moment for me of hard work. Yeah. And I want, but when I was selected to do, to, to do the real world and then the process of going into the house and being part of that whole experience was really yeah. exciting, wasn't it? I mean, I was, it was, and exciting. I thought you're I would, right. That was a really awesome. Part I thought I would never get that, like that feeling and that excitement back ever again. Cause it was so unique that experience and that feeling that I had about the excitement of going into Being the house. Being selected out of thousands and thousands of people. And then actually going into the house and living in a cool place and having your life filmed and meeting your new roommates. And it was a really- Yeah, it was exciting. I had that same feeling though when I was elected to Congress. Um, I didn't think, I wasn't sure if I was gonna win or not. I, th- I thought I had a good shot at winning, but on election night winning, and the next day or two days later, see, so I went on a Tuesday, like on, on, on when, I think on Thursday, I got a certified, you know, package that says we want you to come to DC on Monday, like four days later to do this orientation. And it was, the time was exciting. I, we never really spent much time in DC. I never, I had never been in the Capitol until I was a U.S. Congressman elect. Never went, never stepped in, my, we never took a class trip. My parents never took me. So that part of it was really exciting. And yeah, that was exciting. Yeah, so it was, that, was, that was fun as well. So COVID, yeah. and COVID Congress and real world are my tops. I, I, yeah, I, I think those are um, all for different Those reasons. are all, yeah. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every Life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. So, okay, so let's, let's, let's go in, in a different direction. What advice would you give your younger self? So I was, so I, I had a nervous energy about, my, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I was going to college. And I'm like, after college, like, I'm, I'm going to go to law school. And is that I, like, ma- like a man energy? Like I've got to make something of myself. Maybe, maybe it is. And I, and I, and I was, so I always had this nervousness about being able to make it. Um, and trying to do things, being to able help. to make it professionally, being able to make it like make money, 
professionally and financially, oh. can I make it? Um, and I think it, again, it's a, and we, we all have different, you know, visions of, of what is making it, but I, I, w- I was always nervous about it and trying to push myself sometimes beyond my own limits. Um, and I would say, you know what, chill out, man, you know, work hard, but it's going to be okay. Um, when it was, again, I would tell myself too, like, again, we had no money. <laughs> we were, we were pretty, we, we qualified for public assistance when we got married and didn't take it, didn't but take we qualified, it. but that was stressful. It was really stressful. Um, and I wish I could go back and go, you know what? It's going to be, you're going to be okay. You're going to, this is the starting point. It's not the ending point. You're going to grow. You're going to do different things. Um, you can let some of that stress go because, you know, hard, hard, usually in America, hardworking and pushing yourself and taking risk, being afraid by the risk you take, you're going to, you're, 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 you're going to be okay. Um, and be able to buy a house and, but maybe that, that energy is what propelled you. I mean, maybe be. that's okay. You know, there's a, uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know if it was Camille Paglia who said that and it's sort of biological, like women just are, you know, we kind of understand what our purpose is in life. Just when we have our period, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you understand what you're made for. And I think it's probably, I, I think this assessment is, is, is really interesting. Women just are, they understand why they're on earth and what their, their highest purpose is. That doesn't mean we don't do other things and we, but that's our highest purpose, but men have to become. And so I think that that nervous energy is, is that whatever it is in you that, you know, that ultimately you have to become something to be able to protect your family, to provide for your family. And and that's a big responsibility um, on you. And I, I think it's something I've always underappreciated. You talked earlier about how we would have these discussions about money. I mean, when we didn't have money, we would fight about money sometimes. Yeah. And, um, and well, I, I think that, until very recently, Rachel always said that I was cheap, right? Until and like, I, I wasn't yeah, cheap. He's not. He was just I concerned was just like, about like, no, but, how are we going to make it? I've not met cheap. And I didn't have, I didn't have as much of that. We don't have any money. <laughs> well, what was great was I, I felt like, you know, I didn't carry that burden around as much right. because you didn't look at it. You it was your, it, it was your job. <laughs> it's your job to provide. Hence I was stressed out. About it. <laughs> You're stressed out. Um, but I think, but I think just to, I want to hear what yours is too, but, but that stress, I do think it's real. we did a, we just did a podcast on a little, and again, a little, I, I didn't want to go too overboard on the, on the prepper stuff, but a little bit of knowing how to do things and being prepared for things also comes. I think what this is like, I, my role as the father is to make sure I can provide for my, my, my little clan here. And it's That's my job. job to think through and plan. And if something goes wrong and I hope all of this is for not, I don't, hopefully nothing ever happens, but if, if it does, I've thought through some things that I can hopefully take care of my family. And, um, yeah, it comes, maybe, maybe this is male energy stuff. but that's No, I mean, I think, I think biology is real. I think that, you know, you have things that are built in you that you know you have to provide and you married someone who expects you to, to do that. <laughs> so what do you, so, what, okay. what, what do you, what would you change? Um, what advice would you give? My, the advice that I would give. So I've, I've had some pretty dramatic experiences in my life. I was in a, in a, in a, um, I was in a car accident that was fatal for everyone involved except myself. Um, I've had some real, uh, some real disappointments in my life. Um, you know, I was up for the view two different times and, 
and thought and, and, and made it to the very end, thought I was going to get the job and didn't get it. Um, I was up for Fox and Friends against, uh, you know, Jedediah and I didn't get it. And then it came, and so those, those professional, um, setbacks because I was so close to getting them were really painful for me. And the advice, that was a hard time. You're right. That was hard for me. And, um, there are other things that have happened in my life that it wasn't for many years later that I, you know, there, there were even interpersonal things that happened, um, you know, in, in my fam in, in my family, with your family, et cetera, things that I, you know, at the time really consumed me and, and made me so stressed and, or sad or wondering what the future would be like. And it's so interesting, you know, one of the, I mean, I kind of really like being in my, I thought I was, the thought that I'm in my fifties now is, is so, Fun. it's so crazy <laughs> to me. Like I never thought I would be, but really what's crazy about it is how much I'm enjoying it. And I think one of the awesome parts about being 50 and um, 52 in my case is I have so much more perspective and I look back on those things and I see that I see God's plan working, but I had to like kind of zoom out, you know, to this age to see why it was all meant to be and that there was this master plan. And I think kind of in, a, in a, sort of similar to what you say, like chill out, you know, I think I would tell myself, my younger self that there's a plan and there's a reason and why you didn't get that job, why you did get that job, why, you know, this tragic accident happened to me, why, you know, there's just a myriad of things that now I can see had they not gone that way, my story today would be totally different. And I'm totally at peace with where I'm at and what we're doing and, 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 and who I am and who you are and who our family is. And so it's just, um, yeah. just kind of interesting and, and, and things that were really painful and I thought would break me just made me stronger. I know that sounds super cliche and probably like a Kelly Clarkson song or something, but it really is true. So I, I, I think part of what you mentioned on failure, um, and I've in little moments and big moments, again, failing is hard. I mean, physically and mentally, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but what I found is failure made me work harder. Failure made me reassess and like, I get pissed off. I get angry at yeah. failing. I, I don't like to lose. I get sad. Um, <laughs> you did, but you know what? You I never, did. You I cried. You did, but you, you know, we handled it different ways, but you hey. didn't give up. You listen, you come back stronger. You, you, you work harder. What's a little motto you have hanging in your house? Uh, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. They're not big enough. And it's true. And I think failing is being afraid to fail, not taking a risk because you're afraid to fail at it. That is sinful in your life. I think you should be able to fail. You should fail because if you don't fail, you're not taking risks that can propel you into you don't know where. And I think so often we're we're we're, we're even when, when everyone gets a trophy, I'm sorry, you failed. You didn't win. And that's okay. Losing is a this really is the, great the, moment in life. This is the Hillary Clinton makes, lesson. We're going full circle here, we're back Sean. To Hillary Clinton. We're back to Hillary she Clinton. She didn't learn the God darn lesson. She didn't. Can I tell you something that happened to me when I didn't get the Fox and Friends job the first time and it went to somebody else? Um, and I was sad. We were, Sean and I were actually celebrating, I think, our 20th anniversary. <laughs> 
I had a speech somewhere in Texas, and so I'm like, well, let's just celebrate. We're in Texas together. We, had, we actually had a trip planned to my favorite resort in Arizona, and then I got this speech, and I said, you know what? I'm going to take the speech so we can make the money, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, you just come with me, and we'll do a little side trip, and we did. We went to Waco, um, but anyway, when I landed, when we landed. I got the news. It kind of just set the, like, here we are on our anniversary trip. And I just got told I didn't get the job. And I was so sad and I cried in the rental car. But then, you know, it was so interesting. The next morning, um, I woke up and I got a call from Ainsley Earhart. She just said, you know, Rachel, and she didn't have to call me. We were friends. We weren't as close to friends as we are now. Um, but I think she, it resonated with her. She, she had had career setbacks as well. Um, until she finally landed where she was supposed to land. And she just said, you know, Rachel, I just want to call you because I know it's hard. And I just want you to know you just keep working. Your time's going to come. And I was so touched by that. She's such a nice person. And she didn't have to make that call. And it did make me feel better. Um, and, and, and I pulled it together and we ended up having a nice trip. But Listen, um, that, was a, that was a cloud over that little trip we took. No, make no mistake. I, I'll, just, I'll never forget, we, were, we, we had our luggage. We were walking, I had rented a car I, and I was, we were walking out of the airport with our luggage to go get our car and you got the phone call and I had no idea what was going on. But, but even in that case, it was meant to be, you know what, at that moment, it would have been so stressful. I would have taken the job. And I would have never turned it down because it was such a great opportunity. But it would have been pretty stressful on our life at that moment. And I'm so glad it didn't happen that way. It happened the way it was meant to be. So I guess that's the lesson. That's what I would tell myself. That's what I would tell Hillary Clinton. Um, that's, not, that's, good, that's good advice. That's what I tell everybody. Um, anyway. Just, can, can I make one? Just no, a bit of Anyway, you know, you mentioned your car accident, um, which I, I, I didn't know you then. Um, I heard about it when, when from because a lot of the people on our show were friends with the, the people that you were with. Um, and and I, I never I had known you or the, who you were with in the car, but you didn't have your seatbelt on and you were thrown from the car and it probably saved your life is not having a seatbelt. Yeah, on. I was ejected from the car and that's what saved my life. Although. A lot of people who are ejected from a car land in the middle of the road and it was at night and they get run over. And luckily I landed on the side of the road until someone found me. And, and it's interesting now when I, this is not, I'm not making a joke at this, but sometimes I'm making sure the kids have their seatbelts on and they'll say, well, they'll use this school mom because <laughs> she never seatbelt on. Well, never and I'm like, well, I listen, that, that is a rarity. Um, it's super rare. No, I, I could, there, the hand of God was in that, in that whole you, yeah. thing. I was supposed to meet you. We point. were supposed to listen. That is a, that is definitely one of the moments in my life that I know. Uh, I mean, we all have a purpose, but sometimes God sends a really strong message that you have a purpose and that I survived yeah. that. Um, yeah. when sadly yeah. so many others didn't, but it was a terrible, terrible so situation. Like, I wish yeah. we could, I wish we could end. You know what? I'm going to give one more question just so we don't end on a negative yeah, note. Thanks. That's good. Okay. Here's a fun one. I'm sure going What's a leisurely activity that you enjoy, that you wish you did more of? What do, what do I think about doing all the time? Going, do, going to the cabin? Going to the cabin. I love my summers going to the cabin. And frankly, I've had a, I've built a, I had built a life around being able to go to the cabin in the summer. I love Hayward. I love being at the cabin. It's a really happy place for me. I grew up on this lake. Um, 
I broke my leg when I was in eighth grade and I had a big old cast in my outboard 20 horse motor. And I had two, like I've spent my life on that lake. I love it. He knows every inch of that lake because he had a broken leg when he was like in eighth grade. I've and he all he could do was to get around was just boat. get on this little tiny boat Open he had. Bow, boat with a 20 horse motor. Uh, by the way, I'm surprised my parents, if I fell out of the boat, you I, would drive, drown. I, I, I'm surprised they were so reckless with your have, life as well. I, I didn't have a life jacket on. Like I just, but I toured that lake. I went through more gas in that little boat. But I really, I really enjoy it because, and, and I don't know that I would enjoy it as much if it wasn't for the kids. Like I love having the kids there. I love having you there, and we're outside and we're doing stuff together on the water. I, and so I built a life in Congress. I was able to, we would base camp out of there and I'd go do events out of the cabin and fly back and forth from DC out of the cabin. And then, you know, before I came, you know, to, well, actually at Fox too, I could still go there in the summer and you'd go back, you, you could go back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, last summer was the first time in Cal probably eight years. I really haven't been able to go back because I have the, the show on Fox business. And so I went for, like a, uh, a, I got an 11 day stint at the cabin this last year. And that sounds like a lot, but for me, it's like, it's, you I, just want to be there. You got spoiled in COVID is what I, happened. I really did. So I, I enjoy that. I, that's a really, um, wonderful place that I, and, and by the way, the kids like it, but our oldest daughter was like, if you ever sell the cabin, you have to sell it to me. I'm like, whatever. Our kids would absolutely murder us. I've if actually sold that cabin. They have so many family members. I brought there. it up. I'm like, I couldn't get there. Do we sell this cabin? And you're like, if you oh. want to be lynched by your kids, yeah, you could. Oh do that. no, there would be mutiny. I mean, I brought it up once. I'm like, you know, sometimes we don't get there as much as we want. They were not so happy. Members, so yeah, we're so not. many family members. I would never do it. I would never do it. Um, okay, so leisurely activities. There's two. One, I love to read. I don't get enough time to read. I love to read books, and um, so uh, that that's one. The other is on Fox and Friends. We had a pickleball day where they set up a whole pickleball court outside. They gave us our own pickleball paddle and I tried it and I flipping loved it. And the problem was I loved it and it was around the time that you got your shoulder surgery. <laughs> so I, you know, it was just, and it was coming into fall and I said, okay, got to get your shoulder right. I want us to go play pickleball. And I know I, that I, that sounds like, a, does that sound like an old person thing to do? Yes. I don't care. You and Steve Ducey. Yeah. Well, are you saying Steve's? Oh, no. I, if you if you keep saying that, I am going to make Steve Ducey my pickleball partner. He does like pickleball. I do too. Um, I think we should do it this spring, this summer. Yeah, Let's never, go play pickleball. I've never played pickleball. I, my neighbor Gina said she's going to join me um, in doing it. So we're gonna. She's a big. She does tennis. Uh, so anyway, that's my thing. I want to do that. This, this is something I want to get into. Okay, pickleball, and I want to read a book. Rachel is really getting old. I'm ready for Naples. <laughs> I am ready for Naples. Just just retire me now. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Uh, listen, everyone, thank you for joining us on Q&A uh, from the kitchen table. We always appreciate you being with us. Um, yeah, if you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast, you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we drop. Uh, please subscribe. We love that. Um, and we hope you all have a wonderful, great, fun-filled, safe weekend. Uh, until we see you next week. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.
This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. 